0: Good morning, morning. glad you are here this morning. Um, It's a little, a little different morning for me. I got a call uh, from my mom last night and she had to be taken to the emergency room and I was at the hospital till early, early this morning for those who know her, she's okay. Pray for her, please. You're going through a, a difficult time right now physically, um, but we didn't uh, get to bed till about three. So if I'm a little off this morning, have mercy uh, on me, right? I'm always a little off anyway, right? But now I have an excuse for it. So uh, glad that you are here. Here's what we're doing. We're in the final message of a series called Teach Me, and we asked our church This summer, send in questions, uh, things that maybe you're dealing with personally, things in scripture that maybe you're not clear about, things maybe positionally you'd just like us to address, maybe things in culture, maybe things that are going on uh, in your family, whatever, Um, and just give us a chance maybe to teach on some of those things that a normal series wouldn't allow for us to do. The response to it was really tremendous, and I've tried my best to get everybody's um, questions answered Obviously, I couldn't do it to 100%. I think we got in the upper 80s or the low 90 percentage. So I just want to say this real quickly. If you did submit a question and I didn't get a chance to answer it uh, or address it in this series, uh, and you want me to, email me. And I promise you, I'll just do it. I'll try to handle it one-on-one that way. So the way that you, my email, my public one, is john, J-O-H-N, at jfc.org. And uh, if you'll email me in that way. If you just have one that you're like, I really did need to know about this. I really will do my best to answer that for you. I'd be happy to. Uh, I don't know what the, what the response to that will be. So if it takes me a few days to get back to you, right? Don't think, oh, he lied to me. I promise you I will take care of it and we'll, we'll answer those questions. Um, today, we're going to finish up Uh, A message that we started last week. And the question was, it was two or three different questions, but I I formulated it this way. It had to do with um, teach me how to navigate culture right now, not only with myself and with my family, but with my children, uh, maybe even a grandchild. And so what I tried to do last week was just to show very quickly that the world that if you're if you're around my age, right? If you're a parent or a grandparent or in that that potential portal, that the world you grew up in and the world that this generation is growing up in are two different things. I'm going to say that over here. So that like two different things, it's two different worlds. I know same place. I know it's, you know, uh, 20 years has had a tremendous difference in what's going on in culture yeah. right now. And one of the things that I showed last week, um, was just that, that little video clip, uh, from blues clues, a very innocent show, a show that our children, when they were little, uh, our twins watched it, no big deal. And it's not, it wasn't a blues clues bashing by any stretch of the imagination, But at a teaching team meeting, while our two-year-old granddaughter was there, uh, Katie had handed her the phone, and she can't even talk yet, but she was whipping through that phone knowing exactly how to get to the videos and showing us. She found a Blue's Clues video, and then in that video, it began to, um, it was a song to you know, the ants go marching one by one hurrah hurrah, which is an easy song to stick in your head. And then it had to deal with all of the things that are going on at the edge of, um, of culture right now. Yeah. And my point simply was this, I wasn't arguing from the point of view of whether or not these things are right or wrong, and don't draw a conclusion about where you think, I think it's pretty obvious. My point was simply this, that these are being aimed at two, three, and four-year-old children. And therefore, my argument in it is that this is not some uh, cultural right or wrong issue. These are people who are trying to steal the hearts and the minds of your children right from under your nose. And there's no other reason except that it's being aimed at that age group. And I, I think probably many of you, like me, like here was the two things that I heard when it was all done. Most of the people my age came and said, I don't know what a lot of those terms mean. Anybody else did that? Right. But every teenager I talked to knew exactly what every one of those terms meant. Yeah. I had to ask two, And then the second one simply was, you know, pastor, uh, I just, we, 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 it's not that we're not paying attention. It's just that like things that you think you can trust, you can't necessarily trust. And that's what I want you to realize, man. You just being a parent, being a grandparent, having influence on a child, it it, it is tiring. And you have to be tireless. Yeah. And I don't have a better explanation than that. I know that's kind of like the one of like, you know, yes, encourage me. Okay. You can't ever get tired. That doesn't seem to ever like, you know, do it. But it, it really was, it was, let's talk about these things. How do we handle these things? How, how does the Lord want us to approach these things? And if you didn't hear the message, you should, you should listen to it. Don't draw a conclusion from me trying to pack it into two or three minutes. This is the second part to that, and it's a little bit different in that uh, today we're going to set apart time in this service to pray over the generations, right? We believe that our church, the mission, the vision for our church is that God wants every generation in this church to engage Jesus. We believe that we haven't aimed at just millennials. We haven't aimed at singles. We haven't aimed at boomers. We haven't aimed at Gen X. We think that whoever God has brought to this church, our job is to engage all generations to experience life in Jesus. All of us play a part in that. We don't want a missing demographic. We don't want to say, okay, you know, this, these are the only fish that, that, that we fish for. We, we believe that all generations belong in here and that God has a plan and a purpose for all generations. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something a little bit different. This is not a formalized message like I normally do. It's more of a word that I feel like the Lord gave me. Um, it's a little bit shorter, but it's intentional so that we have some time built in to pray over the generations, to pray over our students and our teachers and uh, into this school year, our administrators, and and just take a few minutes to do that. And I think you'll see the benefit and the blessing of it. So um, I'm gonna talk real quickly. It's, It's sort of a word that I felt like the Lord gave me on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'm going to break it down. I'll just explain. I'm sure most of you know who they are, the patriarchs of our faith. But I want to just break it down real quickly into what I think that they represent for each generation. And that I think that that's represented within our church and the church at large today. And, and kind of a word to each generation. So uh, Abraham, and let me say this, all of you who grew up in the church, and whether it was a formalized high church or whether it was a uh, more of, a, of an informal, informal uh, you know, home church or whatever. I bet at some level in Sunday school or at a at a VBS or at a uh, you know a camp or something. I bet you were taught the song "Father Abraham." Yes. You know the song? Yeah. One of us says no, two of us says no, three. How many of you do know? Yeah. Okay, help me out. Father Abraham had, yeah, you were indoctrinated, weren't you? Okay, and that song. Right is like that little, if we, we sing it too long, it's got that tune that'll stay familiar in your head. Had many sons and many sons had father Abraham. I am one of them. So are you. So let's just praise the Lord. in the right arm left. Now, you remember? Yeah. yeah. All afternoon, you're going to sing that song and thank me. Just, just wait. All right. So it was the introduction as to who Abraham was. Abraham's mission position in the Bible is that he is the very first person That God revealed himself to as far as the covenant. And the covenant is that come away from your people and from things that are familiar. Follow me. I will be your God. You will be my people. And then he makes this bodacious promise that if you will do this, I will bless all the people of the world through you. And through his lineage comes Jesus. And through what Jesus did, all people can experience salvation. God has kept his promise. I think that Abraham represents not simply an older generation, but I think uh, a generation that has experience with the things of God. Yes. So rather than when I say like, I'm going to break this down into to, to three demographics today, in Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, I'm not like if I look at you and you're like, does he think I'm old? Is that what he's looking at? That's not what I'm saying. I don't think it's just an age thing. I think it's an experience with God. Like you know God in a, in a very foundational, deep Long-term way. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. So if I land eyes on you, it's because I think you have spiritual faith, not gray hair. How's does that does that work? All right. So let's read about Abraham. Genesis 12. This is the very first experience that Abraham has uh, with Jehovah. The Lord had said to Abram. Now Abram becomes Abraham, and if you remember last week, one of the things that I taught very quickly, when Daniel. And his three friends went into captivity in Babylon. The very first thing that Babylonian society did was to change their name because they wanted to change their identity. They actually got that from God. Who, when God wants to reveal who you are, He will. Cha- Jesus changed uh, uh, Simon uh, to Peter. Uh, Saul became Paul. It's a way where God, when he's trying to reveal, there's a bigger, you don't even know who you are, what I have for you. God will speak over you a new name, the Bible says. So this is one of those experiences. So the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, go from your people and from your father's house, from everything that's familiar, everything that's safe, everything that you've always known. I want you to leave it all and I want you to follow me to a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And through you, all the peoples on the earth will be blessed. What a promise that this guy has right here. And I think if I were to give you two words that mark an Abraham generation, the first one is great faith. I learned a long time ago, the things that we do right now, we we tend like when we're having success in life, we tend to think that we're smart. We tend to think that we figured it out. I learned a long time ago, all the things that we're enjoying right now, everything that looks like we're smart or successful is because someone came before us, prayed prayers before we got here, made sacrifices before we got here, stepped out in faith before we got here. And we happen to be able to stand upon their shoulders. I'll give you a great example. When we started the church 23 years ago, uh, I was at Resurrection Fellowship, the associate pastor up in Fort Collins, Loveland area. Loved my job, loved what I was doing, thought my future was pretty much right in front of me. And the Lord came to Chris and I literally in a dream and told us, you similar, leave these people that you're familiar with and this job that you love and follow me. I've got something else for you to do. And we knew that we were to plant a church, but where do you plant that church? And at the time, Douglas County in 1998 was the fastest growing county in America. And so we just, just simple logic said this to us. We didn't want to go someplace where they had a church on every corner. We wanted to go someplace where we knew they were going to need a lot of churches. We didn't want our competition to be another church. We wanted our competition to be the mountains. Amen. (laughs) right? Do you get what I'm saying? And that, that's another message. I'll explain that later if you don't get it. We love the mountains, but we don't, we don't find our, our competition is not the Baptist church over here. My competition is all the things around us that pull people from God, right? And from attention. So no, no church is our competition. So we, we, we did, we did something illogical. We quit our job. <laughs> We pulled all of our money together. We moved to Highlands Ranch. We bought a house. And then we were going to plant a church. Well, how do you plant a church? We knew very little about how to do that. And at the time, there weren't a lot of organizations teaching you. Now there's a whole industry that's developed out of it. But at the time, we were on the front edge of doing that. So we took all the information we could find. And one of the things we were told is, find a school. Have you ever noticed how many schools have churches on the inside of them? Why? Because it's a very cost-effective way to find a place to meet. So we thought, okay, that's exactly what we'll do. We'll locate a school, we'll begin in a school. However, we were not the only pastors who had the idea and the thought that Douglas County would be a great place to plant a church. And so we moved down by a house, then start looking for schools. And every school we went to told us, man, not only are you at the end of the line, but you have a two year wait. Wow. It's a two year line. And we were checking school after school. and This went on for a week of just solid rejection. And I began to think, I wonder if I can call my pastor. I wonder if I could just tell him, uh, you know, I had a seizure. And could you, could you see your way around that and give me a second chance with it? And we were driving literally Cougar Run Elementary, which is not very far from here. Where am I? Yes, right over this way. Uh, we were driving by Cougar Run. It was one of the last schools we had checked. And um, I, I drove by it and I was so discouraged from that week, that 10 day time period that I just was like, Chris, I can't hear no one more time. I'm just gonna go by. And I married um, the junior version of the Holy Spirit, man. She's just like, no. You, you need to stop and let's go in there. And I said, no, I, I literally cannot hear no one more time today. We'll go tomorrow, but I can't do this today. And she said, then you stay in the car and I'll run in there real quick. Okay, so I pull in, she goes in and she's gone for like 15 or 20 minutes. I'm like what has happened? And all of a sudden the door busts open and Chris is running out of the school. So it's one of two things. Someone's about to kill her or, uh, or something good has happened. And then right behind her, was uh, a lady who was well-dressed. And then you could tell that, um, excuse me, the custodian was following. And Chris is kind of waving her arms like this and they're motioning me to come inside. So jump out, go inside. They pull us into a janitor's closet, which is no more than a three by three foot room. So there's four adults in a three by three foot room, (laughs) which is a little strange. I don't know when the last time you have had that experience, but it is an experience. And whispering the um, the principal said to us, we've been waiting for you, waiting for you. So my first thought, great man of faith that I am, I thought they think we're another church. Maybe I should lie and say that we are that church <laughs> and then apologize after we get established. Cause God will bless that. Right. That's a, <clears throat> so I actually said, Oh, you don't know who we are. We're new here. And she said, no, no, the Lord told us that there would be a church coming today and we've been waiting for you. And she said, you're going to need two things. You're going to need for me to sign off on it and I'm ready. And then the custodian spoke up and he said, believe it or not, you need a custodian who's willing to lock and unlock the building. And he said, I'm your guy. I couldn't believe what we were hearing. Right? Like, wow. So the only reason I tell that story real quickly is that, you know, if you just look, oh, he's like, wow, what a great church. God just really, man, he's just, the truth of the matter is, prayers were prayed that I can't take any credit for. People made decisions listening to God that had nothing to do with me. I was in the right place in obedience That the yeah. right. All I did was say yes to God. God makes you look so much better than you really are. Yeah. Does, yes. Yes or no. Yes. I mean, he gets the credit. So I'm just going to say to you real quickly, there's an Abraham generation in this church yes. and you're marked by great faith, faith that no one knows about. You've prayed bodacious prayers. You've sacrificed greatly. You've Given. You've done what you can do to make sure that your children, your children's children, the people that are sitting around you in church, that this church goes forward. In our legacy program right now, listen to this 87% of our church has participated in our legacy campaign into our new building. That's a tremendous amount of people, 87%. But here, listen to this, and this is not, please do not take it at face value. Take it from my heart. The, The majority of that money in the 87 has come from the Abraham generation people who are sacrificing so that the next generation and the next generation will be able to move forward carrying the torch for God. Salute you, Abraham. Bless you, Sarah. Thank God for you in this church. Thank God for you. Thank God for what you've done. We, we get now to, to be able to talk about moving into a new building and people can look and say, wow, that church is really, uh, they, they must be doing something right, <laughs> right place, right time, because I've got a lot of Abrahams who were willing to step out in faith and be people who would sacrifice just like that Abraham did. One of the things that that Abraham did for the succeeding generations is that when God brought him into the land, his job was to dig wells so that they would have fresh waters. But their enemies, the Philistines, every time Abraham would turn his back, the Philistines would come and fill up the wells to discourage them. Because without fresh water, without living water, you can't stay in any land, can you? So they would dig wells and their enemies would come constantly to fill those wells back up. God made a promise to Abraham that Abraham would have a son. He told that to Abraham and his wife, Sarah, but he said it to them when they were advanced in age past childbearing years. And Sarah overheard the angel tell that to Abraham. And the Bible says that she, she kind of mockingly laughed about it. Sort of like the paraphrase would be, look at me and look at you, pal. That's not going to happen. And the angel said, about this time next year, you're going to conceive and you're going to have a son and you're going to call him Isaac because Isaac means laughter. It's the promise of God. He's going to bless you in your old age. And Isaac comes along. And I think that Isaac represents a generation, maybe that's where I would find myself today, unable to take credit for the things that Abraham has done, the wells that were dug, the faith that was stepped out into, the prayers that were prayed. But then Isaac comes along, and let me show you a truth about Isaac. This is from Genesis 26, verses 18, 23, and 24. I had to condense the story a little bit. Isaac reopened or redug the wells that had been dug in the time of his father, Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. And the name that he gave the well meant life-giving water. And what an Isaac does, and if maybe you find yourself today, Isaac, again, is not an age. I think it's a particular demographic, a place where your heart is at. Our job right now is to dig those wells of revival that have been dug before we got here. To go back and to pull on the things that God has said, this is the way it is. To renew and to pick up the faith that people who have gone before us have sacrificed for and given to and been a part of it. Isaacs, listen to me for a minute. Yes. It's time to redig the wells of revival. It's time to call out on God's name. It's time to believe more. Isaacs are people who are in the middle of life who can be distracted by so many things. You can be distracted by all the toys and all the opportunities to do all the things that keep you from the main thing. And the main thing is to keep your eyes on God and to push forward so that the next generation can grow up and know him. That's our job. It's okay to have stuff and it's okay to enjoy life. But man, that stuff cannot get in the way of the important thing, which is we need to redig these wells and open up opportunity. Are you following what I'm saying right now? And I know it's not a traditional message. It's not like pastors taking the scripture and just preaching through. I get that. But is there room to be able to say in a moment in time what I think God is saying to us right now? It's time to redig wells that are, they've been plugged up. The enemy has done his best to shut up in our area wells that need to flow with life-giving water. And I think an Isaac generation is marked by their willingness to redig the wells and then to drink the living water. Amen. Yeah. You need to drink of this water. You need to experience for yourself God's move and God's presence and, and God's life in your life. And then obviously that third generation, there's the father, the son, and the grandson. There's the Jacob generation. And again, it's easy to go, so Jacob is what, uh, Gen X, where's Jacob? I, I don't think it's an age thing as much as I think it's an experiential thing. So let me read you something about Jacob that was really interesting in Jacob's life. Pull this up for me. So Jacob was left all alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip became wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is now daybreak. But Jacob replied, look at this. I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Here we go again with a name change. Jacob. Jacob means supplanter, by the way. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and humans and have overcome. So let me talk to you about a Jacob generation right now and what God wants to do with you. You have an experience with your grandfather or grandmother's faith. You've watched your mom and dad maybe re-dig wells and talk about the goodness of God. But you have an experience for yourself wrestling with God. It's time for you to wrestle with God. And when you're done, you will have a different walk than you have right now. You won't talk about somebody else's experience. You won't let Pastor John get up and motivate you. You will be motivated because you have tasted this living water. You have experienced the real God. It changes your life. So a Jacob generation is not some teenager or some twin. 20-year-old. It could be a 57-year-old who's lived off somebody else's experience, and you need to taste for yourself that the Lord is good, that the Lord is powerful, that the Lord is real, and that the Lord is calling you. It's time for your name to be changed. It's time for you to walk different than you walked in here. And if you're like, pastor, you just kind of go off all of a sudden, you ought to thank God for me. My name, John, means gift from God. Gift from God. It's better than what a drag Pastor John is, gift from God. I just think that we sit at a time where the very nature of our church is that all generations, our job is that all generations would engage and experience God. We don't see ourselves as only ministering to a Jacob generation or an Isaac generation or an Abraham. We think that all three are necessary for the kingdom of God to be what it's supposed to be. If you can't hear prophetically me speaking to you, if you're just like, I don't know what the heck you're talking about, may God open your ears. Yes, Lord. May you drink from the wells of living water and may you actually wrestle with God yourself. If you walk out of here like, I just don't know if I wanna be that serious about it. Oh, may God grab you and wrestle with you, man. Yeah. You're not living until you experience what I'm talking about right now. You're not living. You're existing. You may even be successful at it. But trust me, friend, this is what life is about. This is God revealing himself to you when everything is different. Not simply you experience religion, you experience church. I went to a camp. And by the way, that camp. (laughs) Daniel's up here trying to do illustrations to talk you into going to camp. Let me give you the greatest reason to go to camp. Because it might increase the odds that you wrestle with God and it'll change your life. That's why you do it. One of the best things that happened to Chris and me is that our children at some point, not all, but most, had a desire in between high school and college to go to youth with a mission. It was so impactful for them. And I'm not selling anything right now, right? We're not a YWAM anything. But they went to YWAM and instead of, you know, they grew up with parents who stepped out in faith and were committed and gave everything. But the bottom line is my faith isn't enough to get my children through life. They can talk about my stories. But, you know, when you're talking about somebody else's story, eventually it's a boring story. (laughs) You need your own story. And they would go and experience God for themselves and then come back. And now they walk different. They had a different walk, a different understanding. They also came back with men and women that they would marry at some point. And that was maybe the best thing that happened at YWAM was you. You. I know you're like, please move on. (laughs) But you chose to sit right in front of me this morning. We do love you so much, Holly. I just felt like maybe saying these things and calling these things out maybe would give God an opportunity this morning to do something beyond, just like I listened to a message I became smarter about Scripture. I want you to have an experience with God this morning. I want you to understand how much he loves you and that he's called you and that in this generation, in this time, there are no accidents. Listen to me. You do not exist because biological reasons only made that so. You exist because God picked you out in space and time, shot you into existence, and you're here in this generation because your life contains something that this generation needs or you wouldn't be here. That's the truth. Anything contrary to that is the liar lying to you about your purpose and your identity. Any liar that says to you, it's all accidental, that it doesn't really matter, that the best you can do is just live a moral life. I'm telling you, God willed you into existence, picked your personality, knows the number of hair on your heads, loves you and has a purpose for you today. And if you're still breathing, it's not too late. And if you go, pastor, you're supposed to say things like that. No, it's not true. I have such a deep passion for my people to experience Jesus. I don't want you to experience me. I don't want you to experience just more. I want you to experience Jesus. It's the thing that 20 years from now and 40 years from now, long after Pastor John is a sweet memory that's the thing that'll hold you in place. Do you hear me? That's what you're praying for, parents and grandparents. So what we want to do is take an opportunity just to pray this morning, to put these things in operation and to see God honor his word amongst us. Uh, It's the unofficial beginning of the fall with school beginning and the unofficial end of summer, and I know some of you aren't done with it yet, so don't worry, you've got some (laughs) official things that need to happen, but Chris and I and our pastors want to pray over the generations, so here's what we're going to do. This is our kindergarten uh, through fifth grade that's coming right now, and we're going to bring them up in the front, and I'm going to have them face you, and we're going to pray for them and pray for this school year. Uh, Our pastors, some of our pastors that are in this service are going to help me do this, And Chris and I are going to pray together. I'm going to show you in case you don't know who our children's pastors are. So you'll know how to pray for them. You guys spread out a little bit. We're all getting kind of pushed on this side. Come spread down just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's good. And Kim, lead them right across the front if you will. <clears throat> Can we welcome them into service with us? That's my grandson, in case you didn't, didn't know, right there. <clears throat> Lots of kids. Lots of kids. You know that one of the hopes of the future stands in front of you, right here, guys. And when you hear people condemning the future and condemning the world to whatever, I just want to show you God's proof. That he has the future in mind stands in front of you right here. Yeah. And what an opportunity this is for us to pray. So while they're gathering here, I, I, I um, we we're having something printed that we couldn't get done in time for this service. But I, God willing, I have it for you next week. And it's just a refrigerator magnet. And on Tuesday, every Tuesday, it's going to say, pray for your students, pray for your teachers, Pray for your school. And the reason we picked Tuesday in creation, Tuesday is the third day. And if you go back and look in the first chapter in Genesis, the only day that's double blessed, God blessed it in the morning and he blessed it in the evening, is the third day, which is Tuesday for us. If you go to Israel, a lot of weddings take place on Tuesday. Bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs take place on Tuesday because they want to be double blessed. Amen. So what if we prayed twice on Tuesday? for our children and our schools and our administrators. So I'm just going to print this up and we'll give them out to you. And hopefully it will help you to remember to do that. But we just believe this is a double blessed generation. And so we want to pray. So let me show you real quickly. uh, Children's pastors, raise your hand. This is uh, um, so uh, Kim oversees um, all of it, right? So like pray for this woman. This is... <laughs> She's got a lot, and she is really good at what she does. And then this is Jordan, and this is Anna. And then down here, where are you? This is Travis, uh, and this is CC over here. And they, these are our children's pastors. And here's why it's significant for you to know: if you have children up here, these guys are going to walk with your children from K. Through f- you're going to have six years together. Well, they'll mold and influence. And let me tell you what qualifies them. Uh, they're educated and they're awesome. But man, they love Jesus with yes. all of their heart. Yes. That's our thing. And we want that to be the legacy that's passed down. So that you know they're not just down there babysitting. They are down there teaching Jesus and helping these guys to understand who they are and who Jesus is. So we want to pray for them right now. Would you stretch your hand this way with me? Father, thank you for this generation right here. Lord, I say thank you for this generation. Thank you, Lord God, that you love us enough that you have given us the seed for the future. Father. Father. You're not done. You haven't written it off. You're not like it's over with. God, the potential that stands in front of us right now is huge. So, Lord, I want to pray that this school year would be different in a number of ways. I want to pray, Father God. You said in Isaiah, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So I want to pray right now that any evil design over school year 21 and 22, that you would just right now crush every weapon that would come against our children in Jesus' name. That no evil plot, plan, talk design will even take root that it will fall to the ground in fact i pray father god instead of that that you would allow for goodness and righteousness and plans father god for hope and for future to be established father lord i pray that this year is different because parents instead of worrying when they watch their children walk out will instead be full of peace And be full of assurance that things are well and good. We pray for your presence in our school system, Father God. As never before, that your angels would guard roundabout buildings and roundabout classrooms, Lord. Yes, I actually believe that you will do that for us, Father God. The word also says that every tongue that rises up in judgment, you'll show to be wrong. Because this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. One of the benefits of serving God is that he is strong on our behalf for our children. And So Lord, we call that and claim that and speak that over this generation.
1: And Lord, I just pray um, a hedge of protection around these children, that no weapon formed against them will prosper, that you would protect them coming and going, that they would learn and they would learn about you, Jesus, in the quiet of the days, Jesus, and that they would know you even as starting in preschool, kindergarten up to this fifth grade, the Holy Spirit. Lord, I plead your blood over each and every one represented here and those watching online, Jesus, that you would protect them and that you would keep safe. Save Jesus, in your name.
0: Thank Amen. you, Lord. Yes. Bless yes. this age, Lord. Amen. Yes. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Follow Miss Kim, and you guys have fun downstairs. Yeah. All right. Good job, kids. Yeah. Oh, he's been waiting for, a- what?
1: He's been waiting for this moment for
0: a while. You've been waiting for this moment? Who said it? This
1: kid in the yellow oh. shirt.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Got it. Cool. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Love you too, Bubba. Thank you, guys. Thank you yes. very much. All right. It's awesome. <laughs> Now one of the things I would share with you is that part of the reason for building that new building is the training center and the children and youth facilities yes. God has given us something that's it's truly super I wish you could see every service And how many children that we have that we're taking care of. And it is, it's a generational thing that we're shooting for, right? It's not just to give more room right here. The truth of the matter is these chairs are comfortable enough. They (laughs) They really are. They're comfortable (laughs) enough. But it is, it is for that next generation. Abraham and Isaacs, I'm asking you sacrifice for that next generation. And help me reach that next generation. Okay, now I know that this is going to be a big lumped together but we think that time-wise you'll appreciate um, how we're doing this and by the way this next one we're not asking you to come down to the front uh, just gonna ask you if you'd be bold enough to stand so uh, if you are in junior uh, junior high high school college undergrad graduate maybe an advanced degree um, we want to just pray for you for this year would you be so bold as to stand right now and allow us the privilege to be able to pray for you right now? So yeah, please. Thank you for that. Let's, I'm not going to embarrass you. I know, I know you're like pastor, it's your job to stand. I, I, I know that, but we just, we believe that the Lord's blessing is in this moment and we want to pronounce that over your life and Maybe you're like, well, can he do that while I'm sitting down? Uh, yes, but I like to do it this way. So we're just, just going to ask for the Lord's blessing. So if you're sitting next to someone that you know, would you just put your hand on their arm or their back right now? And if you don't know them, maybe just stretch your hand uh, towards them. What we really don't want is for anybody to be standing all by themselves. Pastors, would you just, you feel free to go and just wherever you want to go and pray would be awesome. We just don't want someone to be all by themselves. There's a, um, a lady right here. Um, so we got people. Everybody? Nobody's by themselves, huh? Caleb? That Todd? Okay. Let's make sure we got everybody before we pray. Okay. So, Father, do you want to start this one? No. No. Okay. Father, yes, Jesus. in Jesus' name, Lord, I want to pray for inspiration right now. Do you know that the very word inspiration means God-breathed? And I want to pray that God breathes on you this year for new inspiration. That you will not just go through the motions this year and just like, you know, uh, go along to get along. I, I pray that this would be a marked year where your experience with God would change everything in your life. I pray that, um, that you will find his presence easily in the morning and recognize it as it goes with you through the day. I want to pray for those of you who are at a decision-making Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. moment. Perhaps yeah. it's not like years and years in front of you of school right now. Maybe you're more towards the end and you're deciding right now, what am I going to do and where am I going to go and what is it going to look like? So here's, here's a prayer that I believe God gave me for you. I ask the Lord to shut every door that he doesn't want opened and to open every yes. door that no yeah. one else can yeah. shut so that you'll know where you're supposed to go. This is your time and this is your moment. And I pray for the Lord to direct you to to even redirect you if necessary so that you do the thing that you were created to do so that you're satisfied all the days of your life so that you're not just picking what can I make the most money at, but you're picking the thing where you will be the most useful at and you'll find the most joy in and you'll find the most life in it. And I pray too specifically that perhaps you're just like, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. I just, I've kind of lost my way and I just don't know. And God, if you have something for me, would you, would you please tell me what more do you need than for the pastor to stop the service and to say to you, keep going, man, keep going right now. And, and in particular, I want to say this too. Maybe some of you, uh, younger, middle, older, wherever you are in your student career, Maybe the Lord would speak to you about ministry. I, you, you can't find someone who would be more excited to encourage you to think about ministry. And so often we find ourselves choosing majors and choosing things, careers, based on uh, the financial issue. And I would just share with you that would you at least consider that God might have put you on this earth for something far greater than just how much money you can make. But maybe it's the impact you can have on future generations. Maybe as a teacher, maybe as a pastor or a missionary or maybe something that serves vocationally in the kingdom of God. And I just feel like I need to say that out loud and speak that possibility over you. But I just pray that this year would be different This year would be marked by the presence of God more than any other year yet in your life and that you find encouragement and that you find joy again.
1: Yes, Lord, and I just um, pray for every individual represented here that is standing up, God, that they will choose this day who they will serve. Lord, they will choose this day who they will serve. You never said it's gonna be easy, but you said you would always be with us. You said you'd always be with us. And some of you are deciding, man, I don't know about this Jesus thing and this church thing. Well, they're two different things. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And at your darkest hour and your darkest day, I want you to know that Jesus is with you. Pastor Donnie, a couple weekends ago, mentioned it in worship. He's omnipresent. He's always with you. You may not be able to see him or feel him, but I'm here to tell you, Jesus is always with you and you don't know what God is equipping you for. You don't know what God is equipping you for. So in the name of Jesus, I pray again for protection. I please, your blood over each and every individual that they have a purpose and a plan for such a time as this in this world. Jesus, and I thank you so much for that
0: in Jesus, you, in Jesus' name. Jesus' yeah. yes. name. Thank you, Lord.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. can be seated. And then we just want to also take a moment to recognize people who a lot of times they have a the thankless job, <laughs> they're underpaid many, many times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They have such an influence, but it seems as though they're just, they're always picked on and always kind of run down and and that's our teachers. And so if you are a teacher, uh, an administrator, perhaps on a school board, uh, you know, maybe I'm not coming up with the right title, so you think you're escaping. So let me just say (laughs) it this way. If you, if you know that I'm speaking to you about your influence in the school situation we'd like all of those people to stand right now in the service and we want to speak a blessing over you if you please just yeah thank you so much so let us say and and hopefully you hear this often this year and you hear it just all the year long thank you for your decision to teach we consider it a call Uh, like the call that I have to teach and to stand up here. You're giving your life away to a group of people. And sometimes that's very thankless work. It's very hard work. You spend your own money (laughs) to make sure your classroom is a little bit better. You have to put up with all the administrative stuff that uh, is put upon teachers today. You're trying to figure out how to navigate as believers in culture that so many times you feel hemmed in and you don't know how to do those things. And I want you to know, we are going to partner with you to pray for you this school year. We're printing that magnet to help our people that at least on Tuesday, the double blessed day, that we would bless you twice. On those days, and pray that God would cause His face to shine upon you, and would meet you, and that you would find new strength and new inspiration. And I just feel like to say to some of you, I I know that it's so easy sometimes to just feel like I just need to cross the finish line now. I've, I, I, you know, life can push things out of us and beat things out of us sometimes. But I want to speak over you that this is not that time, and this is not that day, and that the Lord wants to restore things to you. He wants to restore dreams to you and hope to you and joy back to you. He wants to give you energy again. and He he wants to be the energy, not you trying to do it and not you trying to come up with a new thing in a new way. God wants to do this. This is a marked day. Maybe you've prayed prayers. God, I don't even know if I'm supposed to do this anymore. What more could God do than to stop and tell you, Keep doing what you're doing. You're making a, even in you don't know that you're making a difference. And I relate so many times you, you give your heart away and you know, you hear crickets, right? And you're just like, maybe nobody cares. That's, that's the liar who is speaking. Oh, you've done good. You've done right. It's going to matter. You're going to see that fruit in your life. I think that God's going to honor it more than ever. So I pray new inspiration for you that the Lord will breathe on you today and you will find a new creativity and just a new excitement that, that the old, right, the old passes and that the new comes and you will find your strength renewed again, your strength renewed again, and your hope renewed again. And I just want you to know, look, sometimes a system is what gets talked about by so many people, but man, we love our teachers. This church loves you. And we, we are so thankful for you and we want you to know we partner to pray over you and want to speak God's blessing over your life right now. So would you stretch your hands towards our teachers and administrators? And you know, uh, if you're a homeschool parent too, I think you should be standing right now. I think you should be a part of this. I think you, you might be missing something right now that God wants to do in your life too. So father in Jesus name, Lord, would you renew the call? That's on the lives of these men and women. Would you renew Father God. The reason that they did this in the first place. Would you remind them of the dreams. The Lord says that he's going to remind you of dreams that he gave you so long ago that you've forgotten about. And he gave you those dreams not simply to motivate you. He gave you those dreams because he fully will satisfy those dreams that are in your heart. That's what the Lord is saying right now. This is a time of reaping. This is a day where God fulfills those things. So I speak over your life fulfillment. And I speak over your life those dreams weren't just things of youth. They weren't just things of, of, uh, uh, you, you know, emotion. and and flesh and just false excitement. They were true things that God put in your heart. God put them in your heart. And he's going to remind you of those things and he will fulfill those things. And I I don't, you know, how, pastor, how could that take place? Every person who's ever had to have a dream fulfilled asks that question, how? God, God, God can do what man can't do. And I ask that God would renew you renew your strength, renew your call, renew your heart, that you just find, I I don't know, significant moments throughout the day where the Lord reminds you, hey, you're right where you should be. Man, I pray you're going into, uh, into culture that may not be sympathetic or even open to what Jesus is about and who Jesus is. And yet he's chosen you to be the light bearer, to be salt and light. And so I pray, right? I pray new and creative ways for you to be light and salt in your situation. Ways that without maybe even opening your mouth, your life just pours forth. Wow, look at the grace of God on that person right there. I pray that the Lord would do things that will shock you. Will remind you of how powerful he is. And that 21, 22 will be a year that you'll look back on with fondness. Not with fear, not with regret, but with fondness for what God is doing. My goodness, this might be the best part of the whole message right now. Woo! The Lord has just got something so good for you. And I just pronounce his blessing on you. Just like, man, I see it like as, as a blanket from heaven. We're just laid down right now to cover you. His blessing covers you covers you, protects you. Yes. And I just, I want to, if
1: you're in the throes of, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. This might be more than I can bear. I just want to tell you, it's not. This could be your finest hour. Yes. This could be your finest hour. Yes, and my prayer that it's not a heavy burden to teach this year, no matter what circumstance, but it's the joy. And that God says, don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough to worry about today. And I'm gonna be with you, Jesus says. Every step, with every student, with every classroom, with every principal, teacher, parent that, that is thrown into homeschooling their children. Lord, you are so good, and I thank you for every teacher and uh, person in the school, educator. I want you to know that Jubilee is 100% behind you, and we are for you, and God is for you. So thank you for what you do, and thank you so much, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. So, there's one more group of people I want to just pray for is just the parents, as you are not just the homeschool parents, but parents that you have kids in school, and it's every year is challenging. There's nothing new under the sun, nothing. But I just want to pray for you as parents, as you are guiding your kids even adult kids, through life, God has called you to be your kids as parent for such a time as this. I always thought when my kids were little, I thought, man, I could be raising the next Billy Graham. I could be raising the next president of the United States. Who knows? That's how it is with you guys too. So I just wanna pray that God would just give you strength, wisdom, that the words in every, every situation, good, hard, easy. So Jesus, be with every parent represented here, whether they're raising little ones to college age and even adults, they're not raising the adults. Well, some are. Anyways, Jesus, that you would be with every parent here, that you give them wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and they would know what to do, when to do it and how to do it. Jesus, thank you so much for every parent that has brought their kids to church today. Lord, there's treasures stored in heaven for all that they do. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name, amen.